Craft Beer Radio, episode 335, on May 23rd, 2015. Romero got married on the 5th of July, in a lay of immaculate dawn. And welcome to Craft Beer Radio, our 335th numbered episode. My name is Greg Weiss. I'm Jeff Bear. Today we have in front of us five cans and one bottle. They are an assortment of beers that we don't normally have. The styles are in styles that we don't normally have on the show. So we thought, hey, let's do that. <laughs> it's as good as any. The uh, intro song was Harrisburg from Josh Redder, a song that I've been listening to on my Pandora, and it's been stuck in my head a bit lately. So now hopefully it's stuck in yours. Tin Roof Blonde, sound good? Sure. Tin. Dave sent this beer in. Thank you, Dave. Tin Roof Blonde, which is from Tin Roof. It is... Where is Tin Roof from? They are in Baton Rouge, Louisiana. Baton Rouge. This beer uses two-row Pilsen and caramel malts. It's hopped with glacier hops. 4.5% alcohol by volume. 16 IBUs. Just like rain falling on a tin roof. There's nothing it's more like comforting rain. than your first sip of tin roof beer. Rain on a hot tin roof. Mixing them. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Beer is uh, moderately clear. Slight haze to it. Pours with a uh, fairly dense head, almost shaving cream-like. So Glacier Hops is looking at what they are. They were released by Washington State University in the year 2000. They are a balanced dual-purpose hop. Alpha acid around 5.5%. Modded humulin, myrcene, karyophylline. Mmm, karyophylline. All right, the aroma on this guy. There's a uh, bit of maltiness, but I mean, it's kind of a straw type maltiness. There almost might be a touch of DMS in the nose or something kind of vegetably going on. So they say that you can substitute these with Willamette, Fuggles, Steer and Golding. So it's along that line. Okay. There's a, and there's a, Behind the vegetable, I'm getting a little bit more uh, kind of sweetness, something kind of reminiscent of um, what I want to say, um, almost like a Vienna lager or something like that. There's kind of that kind of, um, is yours a lot cloudier? Yeah. Here, we'll Let's mix them together. I can give you the exact... <laughs> we're very close to the exact sort of what it's made of in terms of the the type of hops that go, that were used okay. to make this hop. Oh, the the that they grafted into yeah. it or whatever. It's interesting. Uh as I blended them and also, you know, with the pour it really opens up, you know, pour, we get open releases a lot mm-hmm. of uh volatiles and gas when you pour it. Uh, the DMS got picked up a bunch. Something kind of like, I guess, I guess there's a corn type aroma on there. Maybe a little bit of like plastic pull inner tube. Just a touch. I think it's kind of more the Pilsen malt than okay. anything else. I think that can sometimes come off a little, a little corn like. And the DMS is is not. Uh, out of the question for a blonde style. No, Pilsner Malt would have DMS into it. Yeah. Flavor is uh, kind of minerally. It's The malt flavor goes away. The malt flavor is clean, but the minerally kind of flavor kind of lingers yes. on it. So like the malt flavor that you had for just a moment is gone immediately, and then this mineraliness lingers. It's actually, I think... 
relatively hoppy with a kind of a fuggle-ish uh, hop flavor. So that's kind of... I think fuggles tend to be a little bit kind of sweet orange with uh, maybe a, a touch of a little lemon or something along those lines. Okay. Yeah, there is kind of an earthy hop flavor that mm-hmm. carries through this. It has a really light body. Yeah, it's a blonde. It's, what was it, 4.5? Weirdly, I'm feeling the alcohol on it. It's... <laughs> Um, because it might be a little bit fusily, like just a touch. It might be. Uh, what would what, the pre-show beer? How how heavy was that? that That's was, in the sevens, right? Uh, maybe. I don't recall. We had the polygamy nitro. Oh, it's six, six. Six. Yeah, this is the Tin Roof Brewing Blonde Ale from Baton Rouge. So, but what you get generally is with Blondales, there's a kind of sweet aftertaste. Um, like Jeff said, a little bit minerally, a little bit uh, just a vaguely hobby, but you know, it's, it's a little, it's a little, it's on the extra sweet side, I guess. That's traditional for the style. A little bit of DMS is in there. I don't think it it, mm-hmm. it hurts the beer. I think it, you know, I think it suits it. I don't know. I'm I'm still getting a fair amount of plastic in the nose. Hmm. I think it might be a light. Maybe it's not plastic, but I think there is a light fusel alcohol in here. That's I think that's probably more likely because yeah, this kind of I felt it right away. You mm-hmm. know, it hit your head right away, and usually that's a sign that there's something a little fusel going on. I think that uh, yeah, plastic doesn't quite cover it yeah I retract my prior plastic statements but um, I'm actually kind of enjoying it I mean you can feel free to enjoy it all right any beer news um so I've been traveling the last couple of days so a bit out of the loop I savers coming up we'll be going to yes. saver soon talk about that this will be the what eighth year Ninth, I think. Eighth or ninth, whatever it is. Yeah, it's in D.C. again. Uh, it's always a good time. And uh, also our 10th anniversary is coming up next Wednesday. Yeah. <laughs> All right, we, we have our 10th anniversary and then right into Savor. Well, wait a minute. Wait. Next, th- this week is... This this next week is going to be a show, and then we won't have a, a show for the week of our 10th anniversary, because we're going to be in Saver. Well, the show we record on Saturday, I'll post on Wednesday. Oh, okay, yeah. That makes sense. And we can pretend we pre- yeah. we're 10 years old, <laughs> when we're only 9 years and 362 days old. It's like when you celebrate a birthday on Monday, instead of celebrating it. On Saturday, right? Yeah, that I'm okay with that. As long as if George Washington can be okay with that, <laughs> I can be okay with that. What's oh, next? Right. So we got another light beer here. Um, oh, we didn't do the other blonde, but I, I'm guessing Summer Ale is pretty light, wouldn't you think? Well, let me describe to you the beer. You tell me. Two row. Pale malt and Amarillo hops. Nothing else. Oh, okay. 5.2% 45 IBU. Sounds like, oh, you know, down here it says American Pale Ale. Yeah. Uh-huh. Mm. Hidden on the label. Um, I don't know. What do you want to do next, then? Then let's do the Irish Red. That sounds like a plan. All right, so... This is from Denali, Denali Brewing Company. This is also given to us by Dave. Thank you, Dave. 5.6% alcohol by volume, 46 IBUs. 
brewed with five choice American and European malts and just enough hops for balance. This is a single, in- <clears throat> excuse me, this is a single engine red from Denali. Denali is in Takinta, Alaska. Takinta. So, we're not something we're likely to get around here. No, no. I, I think, I'm going to try to pull up a map here. I think Fairbanks is the big city near Denali. I believe that's where Dave was. But, so the beer pours very clear. Yours clear too? Yeah. No? Okay, here we blend again. Let's blend. So we're drinking the we same. We have can stratification thing. instead of bottle stratification now. <laughs> it's the. Uh, it still happens no matter how we do it. This smells pretty malty. Mm-hmm. More malty than I usually would expect for an Irish red. It's moderately clear now. We blended them together. A lot of CO2 and uh, Roma was released when we did the pouring back and forth between our glasses. Slight hoppy aroma, but really the malts are winning out. It, it's a pretty big, it's relatively sweet. It's, it has more of a caramel smell than it does like straight up like Munich or something like that. But I think there's a, a bit of German malts in Munich or uh, Vienna in there as well. It smells a little scotch malty actually to me. It smells like it's 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 veering into those sort of peat like hmm. aromas. It smells pretty good. Mhm. Has a pretty dry flavor. Doesn't carry through that big malt the maltiness that you kind of ex- smell for me i'm not getting kind of that sweet bread um caramelly type flavor i'm getting much more um bread crust like a white bread crust uh, malt type flavor on it where it smelled sweeter to me on the nose really this is to me like a scotch ale that i that i can sort of enjoy it, it has the stuff it feels like it's halfway to a scotch ale it feels like it's getting there, but but there's something about those Scotch shells. They get a little oversweet and they get a little too too strong in that direction for me to really start to enjoy it. So I'm not a huge fan of those Scotch and wheat heavies. This seems like it's kind of halfway there, giving you just enough to 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 feel like to feel some of that maltiness, but not push you over an edge that I wouldn't like to go into. I think I agree with you. I think that. This kind of is straddling line between Irish and something like a Scottish ale. There's a little more malt and body in it than I typically expect in an Irish red. Mm-hmm. And for me, that's a good thing because there's very few Irish reds that I think are all that good. I had one a couple of weeks ago when I was out in San Jose. I had the Alpine Irish red, Michelinie's Irish red, and it was fantastic. Mm. It was delicious. And, you know, this is from a guy like has never met an Irish red that he really cared for. Uh, so this one's, you know, not nearly as good as Mechelani's, but it's also above the crowd yeah. of all the Irish reds. Just for my preference of what I like in an Irish red, or what I like compared to the style of Irish red, I Yeah, say. I mean, like I said, th- this is a Scotch ale that I can enjoy. So the Scotch ale, you know, turned down... From from eight or a nine to about a, a four or a five, and I think if you were interested in that kind of year, this is a good a good one to get if you're ever in Tuckeetna, Alaska. So yeah, Tuckeetna, Alaska is on the south side of Denali. It's actually closer to Anchorage than it is the Fairbanks. Um, Dave was in Fairbanks when he grabbed this beer, I believe. Fairbanks is like up in the middle landlocked part of Alaska yeah. and Anchorage is down on the southern coast my parents were just recently in Alaska I mean recently being um, several months ago and it was you know, it, said it was kind of shocking how it's just empty I mean it's just mm-hmm. <laughs> they're like small populations of, of people small towns here and there but it's just mostly <laughs> nothingness right 
Yeah, I mean, I didn't really get to mainland Alaska when I was up there for my mm-hmm. honeymoon cruise, Juneau, and just a little bit up the panhandle there. Uh, so, yeah, I have no idea what Denali is like. I'd love to check it out someday. Seems like they can make good beers there. But, heck, you can make good beers anywhere. All right. So that was a single engine red from Denali. It's a little... What is that? What, the Made in Alaska logo? Yeah. It's a bear and a seal, I think. Oh, okay. Uh, Yeah. I didn't catch... Looked like it was supposed to be one type or of. It's cre- a big bear and a little bear. Yeah, it's supposed to be like I thought it was like one type of creature. Oh yeah, it's two bears. Yeah, that's what it is. Hmm. All right, what's next? Oh golly, I would think that the ESB is probably less hoppy and bitter than the next the other ones we have here, unless you want to do the Berliner Weiss. Um. Yeah, I'll say let's do the ESP then do the Berliner Weiss. Okay. So one of my absolutely favorite styles, when it's nailed, is ESP. This is Grand Teton Brewing's Bitch Creek Extra Special Brown. This was sent to us by the brewery, Grand Teton, over in well, they're in Idaho. We did we have these when we were out there? We had Grand Teton Brewing. I think we may have. Um, when, I, when I saw this bottle, Bitch Creek rang a bell. Yeah. Um, but I'm not sure. I mean, we stopped the Snake River on the way out of Wyoming. Right. I I don't have. Yeah, I'm not, I don't have a super clear recollection of, of if we had this when we were out there or not. So extra special brown ESB as opposed to extra special bitter. Right. So it may not be the what you're talking about yeah. when you when they lo- when they nail an ESB. Uh, but let's go let's for go it. Let's go for it. So malts that are used: Idaho two row malted barley, German Melanoidin, Cara Amber, Cara Aroma, and Cara Munich. So they're okay. getting on, you know, they're, mm-hmm. they're getting the right track there with their malts. They have uh, the hops are Galena, Chinook, and Centennial. Six percent alcohol by volume, sixty IBUs. Let's look up those Galena hops, shall we? Yeah, those sound like uh, sounds. Like I'm expecting now a pretty Americanized version of this. You know, something that uh, is going to be pretty uh, pretty hoppy. Probably with some like citrusy type hops in it from the from that lineup. This is a high alpha acid variety with balanced bittering and aroma characteristics, mainly used for bittering, but finding favor as a dual purpose variety. Typical beer styles: English style hail. Okay. Possible substitutions: Brewers Gold, Columbus, and Nugget. Okay. The aroma on this one it is pretty hoppy, and it's mixed in there well with kind of a, a kind of a cocoa-y type uh, aroma from the brown malts and the roasted malts. Almost smells like a roasty porter, kind of. I'm getting an interesting kind of fruitiness coming off of the... I'm getting a, a citrus, maybe with a touch of apricot kind of the hoppy fruitiness I'm getting from it. Hmm. Yeah, it doesn't smell like your typical like ESB, which does not have a lot of... No, but it, it definitely does have uh, a very engaging smell. I'm, yeah. I'm enjoying this. That citrusy with the cocoa. Beer is pretty dark. We didn't mention that, but it's a dark brown. Almost a ruby color. Hmm. Really hoppy. Very. Then the uh, kind of the roasty, dark, deep maltiness kind of comes through and balances that out a little bit. And then it kind of ends with a 
a little bit of astringency and, uh, and lingering bitterness. But I think Hoppy, I think happiness I like is this. sorry. Happiness is kind of um, grapefruit, maybe even a little, maybe a little currant, maybe the green currants or something. Red. I was thinking more. Of it. Okay. There's a little bit of tang, yeah. I mean, mm-hmm. you know, kind of lingering. These what I what I first tasted is astringency is a little more tangy. Um, I mean, I guess there isn't green currants, and I guess they're red and purple. I was, you know, I was thinking it was gooseberry. Oh, gooseberry. And, and there's kind of a kind of a tangy yeah. like gooseberry in here. The the malt is pretty strong. The malt is the malt is building, and it's giving it a little bit of a sort of ashy note. Mm-hmm. Underneath these these kind of fruity hop flavors, and like with that, there's Chinook in here, but I think it's mostly used for bittering. I'm not really getting a huge amount of piney notes. So, um, and Centennial, which is definitely going to give me grapefruit. You've probably seen the the quote from Dogfish, where like they've been making like India dark ales, not black IPAs, but like Indian. Cascadian dark ales, things like that for I've been seeing that twenty now. well, you know, talking about like you know how black IPAs is yeah. a new style. Sam said at one point, you know, we've been making this beer for twenty years, you know, we've been making our India dark ale or something like I forget exactly what he calls it, but we've been making it for twenty years, you know, with uh India brown ale. And this is very much the same kind of thing where excuse me, if uh you're drinking it without necessarily looking at it because it's not black; it's dark brown. But if you're drinking it and thinking of a black IPA, you know, I think you're a lot of the way there. And yeah, no, I think that that wouldn't be a. You could call this a black IPA or a brown IPA. Well, you call the flavor of this a black IPA, sure, yeah, right? I think you you wouldn't you know. I'll, I I, th- I think, think I think it's nice because the brown ale part of it gives it a l- something else to look at. Yeah, where most black IPAs kind of have a little bit more. Either they have a sootiness to it, or they're just kind of an optical illusion and just taste plain out right. hoppy. Right. Well, I think th- we're seeing less and less of the optical illusion ones. Mm-hmm. I really do think that we're seeing more. It, it's more of an excuse to put kind of chocolatey notes into your IPA. Uh, which I think actually go well mm-hmm. with IPAs. Right. So, I mean, actually calling this an extra special brown, I think it's it's pretty apropos, right? Because, I mean, an extra special bitter is a pretty hoppy, amber, malty-based beer. Mm-hmm. And if you take it to America and kind of just play on it, calling it an extra special brown... You can kind of see the lineage and the connection. Now, so I mean, I'm I'm fine with the name, yeah. But it's definitely not an ESB ale, like it says at the very bottom of the label there. Yeah, yeah. It's it's you're not getting Fuller's or something close to Fuller's with this. But that being said, you don't have to get Fuller's because the beer is is pretty good. Mm -hmm. Yeah, definitely a. A hoppy, it's a hoppy brown. I mean, when I think they're India brown dogfish heads, that's like 8%, right? Yeah, and it's been so long since I've had it, I can't comment on that one at all. And this one gives you probably a similar flavor, but it's only down to 6. So for your sobriety, um, a pretty good choice. I would say it's a little ashy in the flavor. Maybe maybe I would uh, like it to be a little less... Of the ashiness. Other than that, though, I'm pretty pleased with it. Yeah, me too. I uh, as as I finished, it kind of got the citrusy kind of came back. Um, not quite as tangy as you think grape as, as I think grapefruit is, but definitely a tangy orange of some sort was kind of the flavor. And then uh, there was a little bit of ashiness in there, a little bit of astringency, but it also carried a fair amount of of um, kind of a Vienna-type malt flavor through that gave it a really neat combination of flavors. 
Oh, what, what's that? Well, we noticed that no one put our names on the moon yet. <sighs> well, I Come mean, on, guys. it is only half full right now, so it's well, maybe it's, it's a little hard to tell. Yeah. But no one has put it up on the visible part of the moon. So we're going to ask you to please, again, put craftbeerradio.com on the moon. And that's a great way to support us. If you could use your high-powered laser to write craftbeerradio.com. And if, that, if you don't have lasers, you could crash a whole bunch of space probes and like in very specific spots to spell it out. That's another, I think, excellent way you could do that. I mean, it would take a lot yeah. of space probes, but it's probably worth it. So I would say, yeah, thank you. for That's a great, fantastic way to support us. So thank you very much. Yes. And if you don't have the technology, if you're not a nation state... Oh, come on. ...with moon transfer capability, then Let's not be silly. Let's not bore them with the if they're not this. I mean, come on. Craftbeerradio.com slash Amazon. If you want to. But let's let's be honest. The moon thing is much cooler. Every time you shop at Amazon, craftbeerradio.com slash Amazon. That's where you start. All right. Berliner Vice. All right, let's go with a Sour Mash Malt. This beer came from Jamie Barlow. He sent us two beers from Creature Comforts. One of them came in a bag full of beer. <laughs> First time I, I, you know, so Jamie has a blog post on his blog about how to ship beer. And we link to it on our site. When people ask us how to ship beer, I'm like, here, check what Jamie wrote. And, uh, you know, so he always puts the bags inside of Ziploc bags before he pads them. And even does it, or the bottles inside of Ziploc bags, he even did it for the cans. And, you know, Heather opens up the beer when they come in. She always sends me pictures of the beer, you know, so it's, I get these surprises at work. And she showed me this Ziploc bag with a bunch of beer in it and a can in it. And I'm like, huh, I probably wouldn't have bagged a can. Yeah. Good thing Jamie it's did. A good thing he did. Jamie asked how the can was, uh, you know, how did it, how did it leak or rupture? I, I actually didn't see the can. Heather threw it out before I uh, got to take a look at it. But she said there was a hole in the side of the can, like almost like there was a weak spot, or maybe it got poked and had a weak spot that blew out or something like that. I would have expected the seam pops. I've yeah. seen seams pop on the cans a lot, but uh, never seen the side fail. Well, this. Is... Oh, and she said the box was pretty beat up when it got here, so oh. I think the the male was playing uh, football with it. <laughs> this is a uh, Athena from Creature Conference there in Athens, Georgia. So really going all over the country here, aren't we? Yeah. Yeah. So the beer that got ruined was a 4. Creature 5%. Conference beer from. It was called Tropical Tropicalia Tropicalia from Creature Conference. So we'll just have to see if Creature Conference will send us one of those. They have a number here to call. So, Hey, Barlow sent me a beer. And it was ruined. It was leaking. Yeah. Can you fix that Let's for send me? Send him a picture and say, look. <laughs> uh, there's not much information I have on their beer here. Just they have basic uh, description and marketing speed. On the can, they have a movie theater marquee. It's like, now playing Lactobacillus. <laughs> <laughs> yep. That's a pretty cool label I got. Roma has a bit of lemony tanginess to it. Kind of like Lemonade. There's also something a little bit deeper deeper and funkier in there. There's, uh, it has a bit of sulfuriness to it. It's not a big part of the aroma, but... doesn't smell like much, much like lemonade to me. No? Want to so... blend? Make sure we're on the same page? All right. We shall. Athena is a tribute to our home that shares a name with the Greek embodiment of wisdom and curiosity. There you go. Almost like a a yogurt or yeah. something, like yeah. a Greek yogurt smell coming off of it. Which lactobacillus? I mean that that only makes sense. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So there's a it's a pretty hefty aroma that. 
Anything else you can say about that aroma? I'm not sure. So, in general, I mean, Berliner Weisses are uh, wheat beers that are made with a sour mash, right? I mean... They'll either do that or they'll they'll kettle sour. So after the mash is done, they'll leave the hot wort in the brew kettle overnight. And it'll sour that way. That's typically how breweries will do it. So they don't have to, uh, you know, put any bugs in their cold side. Sour mash is probably a more accurate term for something they do in distilling and bourbon and whiskey making. Uh, because, I mean, the mash, you're not going to leave like the mash with the the barley in there sit overnight. Mm-hmm. You know, you're going to want to get the word or the liquid out of there, the word out of there into the kettle, and you're going to let that sour. So sour ke- kettle souring is probably a more accurate term. Uh, sour. I've been reading Lou Bryson's whiskey book. And what sour mash actually means is they will return some of the junk that's left over after distilling into the mash of the next batch and helps with pH. It, it, it does a pH thing for it. And um, so the yeast, when they're fermenting, it helps with the pH. So that, like, when you see, like, Jack Daniel's sour mash... That's kind of what that's talking about. I'm sorry I didn't get into much detail because I don't want to get any of that detail wrong. But that's the basic gist of what a sour mash is for Albert whiskey making. Definitely is not like a ridiculously oversoured, which is good. It almost feels like it has a bit of a it's like a pineapple yeah, Greek like a, yogurt. Yeah, like, the, but it, it feels like a a, a, a stronger Berliner Weiss that had some sweet syrup put into it. But you, the syrup you, is more just kind of a wheat syrup than anything else. Yeah, I mean, for me, I'm thinking of one of those Greek yogurts that has pineapple in it. Mm-hmm. And, I mean, that's kind of the kind of tartness and flavor I'm getting off of this. Definitely has a yogurt kind of quality. It's pretty good it's decent it's different i'm not used to that yogurty mouthfeel yeah. in a berliner weiss so much i think we've had it before but yeah so it's, it's very creamy yeah hmm. i like it i find it quite interesting and, uh, I'm kind of on the fence about it. Well, I'm just on the fence about the tin roof, and you like that one, yeah. so we're allowed to have our own we are. our own opinions. Let's see. So while you're on the fence, I'm going to try to find more things to say about how great this beer is. <laughs> <laughs> oh, should we talk about there? There was some discussion about our ratings um, of Spotted Cow over. And we Eddie did talk Tuck. about that last week, Tim. Did we? I, I don't believe so you just saw the uh tweet this week i think but it's we talked possible, about it last yeah. week might have talked about it in the post show if we didn't talk about it one of our listeners put to his like facebook a beer group i i didn't see exactly what he posted mm-hmm. because he just showed us a screenshot of the comments yeah and it was you know these guys are idiots <laughs> <laughs> which i don't necessarily disagree with but that doesn't mean that we were wrong You know, we've had Hedy Topper a few times now, and no, I know we talked about this last week because I said, even this time, I had my expectations down-revved, and they still didn't meet them. So, I don't know. I think think more of the complaint was that we put Spotted Cow on top of it because I don't think Spotted Cow has a reputation like any anything near what Hitty right, Topper does. Right. So they look at so I think it's the the thinking of somebody saying putting Yingling in front of like Alpha King and being like, What are you doing? And I would yeah, I would disagree with yeah, that. If people aren't listening to the show, they don't understand its yeah. preference. They didn't hear any of the right. supporting color about why 
and it wasn't it's not straight up scoring it's not like we scored the beers or anything like that so I don't want to dwell on it I do want to dwell on this creature conference I feel like I we're done saying things about it so I have to finish it but I wish I could sit with this one for quite a while I just want to say I I still wish I had a case of that spotted, spotted cow. cow that was so good I'll have to go to Wisconsin. Yeah. If you want me to help you with that, I'll... Oh, nope, Greg wasn't sharing. <laughs> All right, let's rinse out the Berliner Weiss. Not taint the hoppy beers. And on some hoppy notes. Let's do the India Pale Lager first, what do you say? All right. All right. So we uh, had a uh, beer from Brickway, I think, last week. This will be the second one. Two weeks ago. This will be the second one from them. I think. I think that's right. The 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 Brickway. We did the pills. Yeah, the Brickway just barely lost out to Hetty Topper. (laughs) I mean, we commented on that. How? Yeah. And the beer nerds on the internet don't like that. I'm sure the Brickway people are pretty happy about that. (laughs) This was sent to us by Brickway. Imperial Pills. So I did get an email after the last time we tasted a Brickway beer with con- information about the Brickway beers. So let me pull that up. I don't know if I forwarded that to you or not. I don't think you did. This is, according to Rape, your 5.5% alcohol volume. So we also have, like, I'm also like that guy from Brickway, and I apologize. So it was Ben uh, Stadler. Was the guy who said, "All right, so the IPL, it's a grain is Pilsen, Dextrin, Caramutic One, it's hops are Magnum, Columbus, Cascades, Centennial." Hmm. He told us a little bit about the brewery here. I'll kind of scan this while we're drinking to all right. pull out more detail because if I remember, we didn't really have much detail at all about about the brewery. If you're wondering why there would be an imperial pale. Lager India at, pale lager yeah. India pale lager at five point five percent. This is all these beers are part of their session series. So these are supposed to be sessionable beers. Five point five percent, I would say, is to me above you know considerably above sessionable, but uh, it's it's not seven percent like you might expect. Brickway is the first combination. Brewery and distillery in Omaha since Prohibition. They opened in 2013. They distribute to Nebraska and South Dakota. Plans to expand throughout the Midwest. Their retail distribution is limited to three soon before session series cans, along with two soon to be three of their Bison series beers, which are packaged in champagne bottles. The bison include Oak Age Imperial Stout and Oak Age Barley Wine. Come on, Bennett. <laughs> what the hell, man? It says soon to be, so I mean... <laughs> no, no, no. Those are out. Soon to be three. Soon to be the Imperial IPA is going to be the next one. Very grassy notes on this. Kind of a... Kind of a fresh cut lawner. Almost like fresh. Yeah, I'm trying to figure out the nose on this. I'm a little confused. It smells very green. It actually smells a little bit like the guava we had. Yeah, that's. Confused still. Let's see if I can open this up some more. Maybe swirl it a little bit. Okay, so the the flavor is not as confusing as the aroma to me. The flavor is things I'm used to. Let me take another sip here. Are you sure? Because it's not what I'm used to. 
actually. I think this can might have a bit of an infection. I think something's a little plasticky. Are you getting that at all? We have another can. We can try the other can. Yeah. Let's go get the other can. All right. I'm going to pause here. All right. We're back with the other can. If I remember when I opened the first can, it foamed up a bit as well when I opened it. Still getting some of that guava on there. Yeah, I'm not getting as much plastic. Or, I shouldn't say as much. The first sip, I didn't get the plastic I was getting in the other beer. Mm. Might be something in the aftertaste. A little little acetone or something like that. Yeah, there's something a little bit off about this one. I mean, there's some hot flavors in there. You can kind of taste the... If it was kind of something kind of centennially, but it's it's kind of masked by this kind of nail polish remover type aroma flavor. I think, yeah, I don't think that we can legitimately. I don't think we can legitimately judge this one. It's uh, just doesn't the the cans we have just didn't work. Sorry, Brickway. But we will count a. We won't try to judge a spoiled bottle, so it's out of our rankings. All right, so we'll move on. Down to the last beer, Fremont Summer Ale, because beer matters. So as I explained before earlier in the show, two-row pale malt and Amarillo hops, and as they say, nothing else. 5.2% 5.2% out by volume. No water, no yeast. Just. <laughs> That's right. Now, this was, Fremont was from Seattle. Seattle on Earth is what it says. Oh, okay. Did they send us this? Yes. Yes, thank you, Fremont. That's hoppy. That's hoppy. That's <laughs> hoppy. Look beer. at the color, though. The color is a real... Well, it's just pale malt. It's, yeah, that's right. It's just, just pale malt. So it's this golden straw-colored beer. There's a little haze to it. Head dissipated pretty quickly on it. And the aroma. Let's see here. The aroma. Now the, the subheading of all their beers are Because Beer Matters. Mm-hmm. So... It's a pungent aroma, mm-hmm. a little, there's a touch of citrus in there. It's not doughty or anything like that. I know the- Well, f- start tasting it then. Oh. Why, are you getting some doughty? <laughs> sure. I mean, you know, Amarillo doughty. It's, yeah. it's, a, it's a lighter well, I was doughty. going to say, you know, Amarillo is the Amarillo beer from Washington. That's yeah. the first time I tasted cas- cat pee in a beer, so- It's the lightest version. It's sort of the the prototypical Dord that is, you know, totally blown away by Simcoe. But mm-hmm. it's there. It's kind of on the periphery. There's also uh, some apricot. Sure. And there is... I like it. I like it. There's peach. Probably more peach than apricot. pretty light tasting beer i mean there's plenty of hops there but it's not you know abrasive yeah it's it's 5.2 abv i think it's it's a really nice drinker i think it feels crisp and clean in in a way it feels very uh i think sort of the fact that it's just so simple in terms of Mm -hmm. recipe just one hop, one type of malt. 
gives it something uh, it actually feels cleaner than the other beers that we've had tonight. It, it mm-hmm. feels just for some reason like like I'm drinking something that isn't. I don't know. It, it, I don't know how to how other how else to explain it. But it just feels like a softer thing. It just feels. Oh, I, I, I agree with you. It, it's very drinkable. Yeah. It's at 62 degrees with the infrared thermometer. It's probably what fifty eight mm-hmm. on inside. Uh, goes in your mouth and down your throat really smoothly. It's a really good use of uh, just kind of single hop, ses- almost sessionable. You know, it, it tastes like a small smaller beer. It's mm-hmm. not boozy. It's not the carbonation is just enough to kind of yeah liven up the beer. I mean, this is. A whole bunch of things yeah. coming together to make a really good drink. And I think that, in a, in a way, similar to other, like, lighter lagers, it's kind of hard to do a beer like this because any flaws would, would shine through pretty strongly. Mm-hmm. And I'm not tasting any flaws. A little bit of cereal flavor. Like I took that sip and I got a brief reflection of, like, Fruit Loops. Just, just real brief, like a little bit of the the graininess from the cereal, a little bit of that fruity flavor yeah. from the Fruit Loops. But I just got it real quick, and then it was gone. I'm I'm digging the heck out of this thing. This is this is really good. Yeah, really good. Yeah, <laughs> I could have some more of this. We don't have any more of this. Such is... You know, they they ask, like, what to send. Mm-hmm. You know, whether they want to send two of each beer or, like, we'd rather have variety than, than doubles. Yeah. However, doubles of this would have been nice. It was... <laughs> but we appreciate them sending it nonetheless. Wow, that was good. That was really tasty. I think uh, pretty easily one top spot. I don't think that's going to be much of a surprise at the rankings here. All right, so here are the remaining beers. Uh, From the top, Fremont uh, Summer Ale, American Pale Ale with Pale Malt and Amarillo is going to be my favorite beer of the night. Super drinker. I could tear through a case of that in no time. If if I could ask you this question, because mm-hmm. there, there's some you know marketing speak on the side here. Four hundred twenty reasons to enjoy this beer. Oh, those potheads! Those damn Why it, it it comes out of nowhere with in, in, in the rest <laughs> of this? <laughs> like they're talking about uh, located in the historic Fremont neighborhood of Seattle, we invented the cotton gin, the Muppets, and toured with Hall and Oates before starting to make beer. Good move. Uh, what? <laughs> so they just make crazy. They're they're stone, but tongue in cheek, right? Yeah, I I, I think. <laughs> I don't know. Unless Jim Henson's ghost really works at the brewery. I, I'm I'm not. No, I'm saying that Fremont is probably where. I don't know. Cotton gin. Seattle yeah, wasn't have... even. I would presume Seattle wasn't even discovered yet when the cotton gin was went into production, but maybe know. I'm wrong. It seemed like that was something that was uh, from the antebellum South or whatnot. Uh, Fremont Summer Ale, really, really good. Yeah. Number two, I am going to put the Creature Comforts Athena Bullinterweiss in number two. It was a close race with number three, but I really liked the kind of pineapple yogurt type flavor in there. It's more (laughs) mouthful than you expect in a blender vice, but I dug it. Number three is going to be the Bitch Creek from Grand Teton Brewing. Grand Teton Brewing Company. Uh, I I liked the hoppy brown ale thing going on there. Mm -hmm. Number 
four is going to be the single engine red from Denali Brewing Company. It was better than your average Irish red. I, I know that. That's with an asterisk because, yeah. warning, Jeff does not like Irish reds except for two. And uh, <laughs> this is one of those. And in uh, fifth place, I'm going to put the tin roof. It had a, a bunch of DMS in there. And sure, it's a Blondale with Pilsner malt. It, it might have some DMS, but uh, it really, uh, and that minerally aftertaste was kind of kind of dragging on the beer as well. Okay, my uh, I'm pretty different from what you have. Uh, I'm going to go, let me just finish up my typing here so we have a record. One comment on the Fremont beer is it's pretty neat how there's like no back to the label. It's just two fronts. Yeah. I keep turning it around so Greg can see which beer this is. <laughs> and I'm like, oh, wait, he already knew which beer this is. So my number five is the Creature Conference. For some reason, normally a big fan of Berliner Weisses. Uh, this too was too yogurty. I don't know. It just didn't feel it, right. It, the yogurty was different. For me, it was different, interesting. Yeah. I'm going to dig into it and enjoy it. But yeah, I could see where some people would be like, what the hell? I don't want yogurt mouthfeel in my beer. Uh, number four, I'm going to go with the Tin Roof Blonde. While I did like it, I thought the other beers eclipsed it. Number three, the Denali. I really think that was, you know, my favorite kind of Scotch ale is the, <laughs> is, is the Irish Red. Is the Irish Red that's, you know, that's a Scotch ale turned down. Number two, the Grand Teton. This Bitch Creek was uh, was really good. Just, the only issue I had with it was a little bit, a little ashy. But other than that, very, very good. And then, yeah, this Fremont was awesome. Loved it. Loved it. Me too. Me too. Play us out, Josh. Oh, you want to do Josh to play us out? Oh, what were we going to play? I was going to play a little bit of this. Okay. Sure. They mentioned hollow notes on there, so I figured. Oh, this is, okay. This, remember, we did the burn the bee last time. That's fine. This is I, I just wanted to actually beer. get the refrain of the Josh Ritter songs, but you have to tune into the post show to hear that. Yeah. Uh, Craft Beer Radio is released under the Creative Commons license. Visit craftbeerradio.com for more information. If you want to contact us, you can hit us up at beer at craftbeerradio.com. That's the email address. You can hit us up on Twitter. It's at craftbeerradio, at Jeff Bear. At CBR Greg. Facebook and Google Plus can get bent because we don't pay attention to those. <laughs> Thanks, everyone, for listening. We really do appreciate it. And next week will be our amazing, spectacular 12th, 10th anniversary. <laughs> well, we can skip two years. <laughs> yeah, sure. 10th anniversary extravaganza parade carnival. We can have a parade? We can have some kind of parade. Well, Okay, how early are we going to have to get here? Because that sounds just like a lot of work. Uh, I don't know. We'll get fire trucks and candy and... She's a man-eater. Oh, this is the same people that sang last week, Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Nice tie-in. Thank you, everybody. 